Ladies and gentlemen, we have a major problem. Some would say it's a major dysfunction in the country today. We have too much dependent upon the federal government for resourcing everything we need from food, shelter, clothing, insurance, cell phones, border security. Folks, they are inadequate. They've always been inadequate because they're operating outside their purpose. The purpose of the government is really to do for the people that it serves, keyword service, what they cannot do for themselves. As evidenced by this famous quote from one of our heroes of this constitutional republic, Abraham Lincoln, and I quote, the legitimate object of government is to do for a community of people whatever they need to have done, but cannot do at all or cannot so well do for themselves in their separate and individual capacities. In all that the people can individually do as well as for themselves, government ought not to interfere. Today, we live in a world where government is interfering in everything we do. Lest we forget the word mandate, or lest we forget the idea for the good of all. Folks, we need to come back to the idea of self-government and not neglect the benefits of government, but not give them benefits that they do not have. The greatest freedom we can have is to operate in that self-government. Let us therefore go forward with working towards that end to be free as free is indeed the truth that we should seek. Welcome to our Furthermore Christmas, where you're going to find education, motivation, inspiration. I'm Dr. Mark. And I'm Dr. Michelle, and we're here to push you and encourage you to go a little further in all aspects of your life, to do more and become more than you ever thought possible. So education is the key, information is king, but wisdom will always remain supreme. So prepare yourself for the latest news and hottest Christmas headlines. Truth bombs, amazing guests, relevant and impactful information, and life-changing plans. You are being prepared for the best days of your life. <laughs> so buckle those seat belts and get your Christmas hats and goodies on because you're going to see the best journey of your life. Right here, right now, on, on Furthermore. Furthermore. Folks, guess what? It's it's snowing outside. It's And it's snowing in our studio. How did that happen? How it's amazing happen? how the genius production called Liz Scott can make that happen. And I, I tell you, I'm not even cold. It's amazing with that. You know, I, <laughs> I don't I'm know, in I have the a snow shiver. here. I need to, I've you got a little shiver? Yeah. I'll yep, keep I've you warm later shiver. on, sweetheart. It's all good. <laughs> it's all <laughs> Thank good. Thank you, honey. Uh, so, so Merry Christmas, everyone. We're excited to be here. Obviously, it is a Christmas show, but we are here to encourage you and push you to do a little bit more and go a little bit further than you ever thought you could do folks life it does not have to be too difficult it can be filled with hope health and freedom can it absolutely and that's what we provide is we want to give you a little hope on the inside <laughs> encourage you to take good care of your health and, and then of course always work to preserve your freedom 
Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> so we're excited. This will be our first Christmas show right here on our new show, furthermore. So we could not be more excited. We came um, with our festive gear on. We had a little bit of, you know, like our clinic stuff here. You know, we got a little bit of this going on. Look oh, at come her. on. You wear that in the office all the time. I do. This is my Jingle actual uh, normal um, Tuesday and or Thursday hat. This is what I wear right here. <laughs> People think um, that I've lost my mind, but it actually, it was really cold today. So I, I wore this and I, I will have you know it, it it snowed on the set a moment ago, but it was actually a monsoon earlier today here. It was just it crazy. Really I got was. soaked all it the way really to the skin. Was. It was not funny. I had to walk around the office, soaked to the I, skin, I, acting I, like I, I wasn't wet. You did. You wore your galoshes. <laughs> galoshes shoes so we're going to talk a little bit about things at christmas i mean look the christmas season is a season that's been so distorted so misguided and so um pushed in the wrong direction we thought we'd take um this program today to kind of walk you through the the real aspects of christmas and what it means so uh, we're going to actually read and discuss the christmas story and hopefully add a little bit of um color commentary to it right Yes, from the basic instructions before leaving earth, the Bible in Luke chapter 2, verse 4 to 7. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, they came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them in the inn. You know, when I think about that scripture, sweetheart, I think about the idea of, of why Bethlehem? I mean, here, here's why a town. Why Bethlehem? And, and I've been there. And what right? on earth were they doing in Bethlehem? So, you know, in those days, a little history, Caesar Augustus uh, ordered the Judeans to go back to their homeland because he was trying to do a census. In other words, he was trying to get a count of the people. And so they all had to go back to their own uh, places or origins of birth to kind of register. And so that's what uh, Mary and Joseph were doing. And to think about this, she had to make this journey across the desert while pregnant. That could not have wow. been possible. Wow, across the desert pregnant. Yeah, you don't think about that, you know, and, and I have been there. It's not like um, they didn't um, ride a helicopter. They didn't ride their Learjet. No, they walked. And That's she rode on a, blood, sweat, probably tears. a donkey, right? You know, so it's it's not something that is, is real glamorous. And so you think about Bethlehem. It's a, it's a small little town. It's not. In, in any metropolis in any way. There's no big buildings. I'm sure there's some there now, but it was just a lot of rock structures. And so that's all it was. And then you think to yourself, why a manger? You know, there's a, the interesting thing. I want us to go back to that that scripture there in, in uh, verse seven. Read that again. And she brought forth her firstborn son, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So folks, this was not a Marriott. It was not a Renaissance. It was not and, a Weston. And it wasn't a Ritz-Carlton. But many times we think that this is the way that, you know, kings and people that are important are supposed to be. They're not supposed to be in a, in a manger, a place where you feed animals. That's what that was. It's like a feeding trough. We don't think about that, you know. She gave birth in a feeding trough. Let's just call it for what it is. That's not the most comfortable place. That's not with the midwife. That's not, not in the but hospital. Not the most sanitary place either. No. And so 
they looked at her and, and she, refused her. Why did she end up not getting a place to stay? Think about that for a moment. Many times, this is a message, many times in our own hearts, we don't have room for Jesus because we don't feel that he is exactly what we need at that time. But he's always what we need. And I think to myself, would I have opened the door? Would I have welcomed him in? Would I have recognized him? I hope so. But, you know, the way we go in life, many times we all shut that door and we don't provide a welcoming place for Jesus to stay. In this case, this is not just a physical demonstration of of pushing Jesus out, but this is a, a spiritual illustration of what happens today. We we want to put push Jesus to the outskirts of town and not get him in the center of town. Yeah, so tell us just a little bit of the difference between man's ideas and God's ideas. Yeah, when you think about this, in those days, you know, the, the Jews were, were waiting on the Messiah, you know, the chosen one that was going to come back and sort of um, rescue Israel. So that was man's ideas. They were looking for a king to come back, you know, and just basically kick butt and take names. Well, you know, he took names all right and he kicked butt, but it was a different way. It was not man's ways. It was God's way. See, God had an idea that he was going to send Jesus into the earth as a gift. And in this beautiful birth here, uh, it's this whole idea, of this manger and the, the wise men coming and all of that, which we'll see a little later. Ultimately, you know, all this was not what the Jews expected. That's why they didn't believe Jesus who he was. And that's kind of where we are today. We don't really we don't really understand God's ways because they're higher than ours. And so we need to begin to look for God's ways in the middle of this crazy world we live in. Yes, we do. Look for God's ways, but stay with us while we take a very quick break. You're not going to want to miss this and you'll not want to miss the next segment. Stay tuned. and I suffered a tragedy both physically and emotionally that took me down. While I was in training for the Olympics, my mother lost her job, and I wanted to go to the Olympics so bad that I stayed behind as they moved back north so that I could pursue my career in martial arts. And I literally lived in my car homeless for 365 days before I could afford a roof over my own head. Wow, just wow, sweetheart get choked up that's your story well it can choke one up or you can choose to go a little further this is not something that is a mark idea and a michelle idea this is a god idea this thing right here has a two-year shelf life when we think about the problems we have in America with our food supply, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? Stock up on something that's going to help you. This is organic pea protein, greens and reds, fibers, and multivitamins and minerals. It will stay good for two years. How many have wondered what you're going to eat if things go south? Kingdom fuel right here. Well, it's Christmas and... Hmm. Boy, oh boy. Oh, there you are. Wait a minute. We were all wrapped uh, up. Common traditions are gifts, 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 hustle, hustle, <laughs> hustle, bustle, more, 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 and Christmas trees. We were we all, all wrapped up to... in furthermore there for a moment, folks. Take Get a... it all wrapped up in furthermore. No, actually, I got a better one. She was actually wrapped up as my gift. How about that one? I used huh? to go home at Christmas and sit under the tree with a bow in my hair. I was the gift. Oh, my gosh. I think we should do that. That's a good tradition. We could start. <laughs> How about that one, right? 
But you know what? There is a lot of traditions at Christmas, and we'll tell you ours in just a moment. But one common tradition is the Christmas tree. Where, oh, where did that tradition come from? You're about to find out. Check this out. Every year, millions of us set up and decorate Christmas trees for our family and friends to enjoy. But have you ever wondered, what's the story behind a Christmas tree? We did, so we did some research. The tradition of using an evergreen tree goes back to the 8th century when a Christian monk cut down a sacred oak tree worshipped by the Germanic pagans. To help the pagans understand God, he used an evergreen tree, which unlike the oak tree, never dies, as an example of God's eternal life and to explain the Holy Trinity. The first ornaments known were apples. They were used to decorate evergreen trees in medieval theater to represent the forbidden fruit eaten by Adam and Eve. Over time, these delicious apples were replaced by shiny plastic and glass ornaments. Before electricity, candles were used to adorn Christmas trees with light. It is said that Martin Luther, taken aback by the beauty of the twinkling stars at night, was the first to attach candles to a Christmas tree for the children to enjoy. To catch the dripping wax and falling pine needles, tree skirts were used to prevent ruining the floor. Nowadays, they are used to hide those unsightly Christmas tree stands. Finally, the crowning jewel of a Christmas tree symbolizes the North Star, which led the three kings to the manger of Jesus. And there you have it, the short history of a Christmas tree. We wish you and your loved ones a very Merry Christmas full of great tradition. So there you have it, the Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have, cool story. Uh, yeah, we have little traditions and stuff. I mean, we, we like trees, but we decided to change the traditions a little uh, bit a few years ago because we didn't want to get caught up in the stress and the, the lack of true meaning of the holidays. And so instead of, you know, buying a bunch of gifts, we thought we would give each other time. How about that? As time is the greatest gift. So we decided to, on the holidays, to take a trip and give each other the gift of that time. And so I've enjoyed that. Have you? I absolutely love that. It gives us an opportunity mm -hmm. at the close of the year to open up the new year as a present. How are we going to resolve to be in the new year? Yeah, so we've typically taken off work, at least best we can, on in our business. And we we go somewhere and stay between Christmas and New Year. And, of course, our anniversary is on New Year. So I did that so we'd never forget. Kind of, yeah, no, I, I would never Happy forget. That was New one of the year. greatest days Happy of my whole life. <laughs> you know, the bottom line is, though, traditions of Christmas should always be remembered. However, do not let traditions become synonymous with a lack of true meaning of Christmas. That's if right. we allow that to happen, we really take the true meaning of Christmas and we just eventually forge a culture and a society in the wrong direction. And you, when you do that, it's hard to get back. Well, and you can see that kind of happened with the Christmas tea, tree, how it started yeah. and where it is now is completely different than where it originated from. Yeah, maybe we should have some Christmas trees today with apples on them to remind us that we shouldn't eat the things that God just says don't, don't do eat, it. Right? just don't go there. You know, it's amazing how it's, it's uh, but no, we don't, I'm, I'm glad we got Christmas lights instead of candles because boy, the fire departments would be busy, wouldn't they? <laughs> you know, um, but the evergreen tree, that's really cool because, you know, the, the ever, um, 
growing, never ending, never dying love of the Lord is really symbolic of that evergreen tree. And I think that's amazing. So there's a lot of great traditions, but whatever you do, find your traditions that match the real meaning of Christmas and put those things into practice. That's right. And never, never forget. No. We'll be right back after this and we'll talk more Christmas stuff. Merry Christmas, by the way. Big government, big medicine and big food and big church. Let me explain myself. Big government. If you're out there depending on the government to feed you, clothe you, and finance you, you're in bondage. If you're out there depending on big pharma to bring healing into your life, you're in bondage. If you're depending on the government to supply food for you that's been genetically modified and subsidized to kill you, you're in bondage. And we're back. So we're going to continue this uh, Christmas story because we talked about earlier about Jesus being born in Bethlehem in a major in a trough and why there was no room. And we asked the question, would you have room for Jesus? Would you allow him into mm. your heart or into your home? And I want to continue this idea, continuing in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 12. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, and lying in a manger. Hmm. A manger. Manger. Think about that. You're going to find a baby wrapped in cloths, not a gold um, braided baby outfit onesie. Nothing like cloths, that. No. Not clothes. Swaddling clothes. Like, like a bunch of cloths just wrapped up in this feeding trough. I find that fascinating. And the interesting thing about this is the when the angels were talking to these um, these shepherds out there, he said, do not be afraid. I think I would have been afraid because many times we have God speak to us and we tend to be afraid, but he says, don't be afraid. And that's a common theme today that we have in our world. We have a theme of fear. The greatest news actually comes and can be mistaken for fear. So we got to keep that in mind. Today, fear is rampant, isn't it? Absolutely. It's false evidence appearing real and it is just ripping through the minds yep. and the hearts of men. And boy, we hunker down, we run, we we don't become all we can. We don't do the things that we should do. We don't go a little farther because we're living in this thing called fear. Yeah. And, and this, this message, do not be afraid. I will bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people is still the message today. It hasn't changed. That's the thing about the good news. It's not was good news or formerly good news. It still is and is always good news. Jesus is born and he's alive. Now, did he die and did he raise again? Yes. But the point being is he was born. God saw the world the way it was and said, I don't want to leave that place, leave those people where they are. So I'm going to do something about it. People ask the question, why was Jesus sent into the world anyway? That answer is clearly found in one of our favorite passages we see held up at sporting events, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him 
should not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. So God sent his son of the world so that those who believed in him would not have to stay dead to their sin. In other words, we all make mistakes. We all goof up. We all break the law, so to speak, the sin law. And Jesus came, he was born, he died, and he rose again so we wouldn't have that. So this is good news. If Jesus hadn't come into the world, our destiny is secured. Because Jesus came into the world, we have a destiny in Christ in a place called heaven forever and ever. I think that's amazing. You know, when you think about this, it gives us a lot of reason to celebrate, doesn't it? Absolutely. And we can't wait for you to join us next time on Furthermore. Happy New Year's edition. Happy New Year. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. We love you all very much. We'll see you next, next year. Time. They're putting decorations up in front of my old church The shepherds and the wise men in the hay There's Joseph and his Mary looking down at heaven's birth And the angels saying, don't you be afraid It makes me stop and think about how you showed up down here In a humble bed and laid a nails in For the lonely and the lost, there's no sinner too far gone to find a savior. Lying in the manger. There's a star up in the sky that's calling all the least of these. Come make your way to where your hope is found. If I'm honest, some days I feel too far out. But the manger reminds me love reached down From the highest of the high to the lowest of the low That stable tells the story of the distance you will go For the lonely and the lost there's no sinner too far gone to find a savior
continue as we are. The trajectory of our nation is going in the wrong direction. It is not saved by the government. It's saved because the people are the government. They stand up and do the right things, regardless of the cost. I think of our founding fathers, the 56 people that signed the Declaration of Independence. 56, not 5,600. They had to have some courage and guts to put their lives on the line for the right things. Do we have that, folks? Do you have that? How many have that kind of courage? It has been said that knowledge is the greatest of all things. And though it is important and highly available through multiple sources, there is indeed something of much, much greater value. It has also been affirmed that people do perish for lack of knowledge. However, the most valuable of all things is wisdom, which is the correct use of knowledge. So, what then is the opposite or the incorrect use of knowledge? Now that, my friends, is foolishness. So here we have the great choice, wisdom or foolishness. Choosing knowledge is not enough. We must choose to understand the correct application of knowledge, which is impossible without wisdom. In order to find wisdom, we must first understand the greatest source of knowledge, which is a reverent and holy fear of God. So knowledge begins with the fear of God and wisdom comes from God. So seek wisdom with all your heart, for it holds the greatest of all value. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv 